Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to So I Got to Thinking, a weekly podcast which attempts to answer the soul-searching questions set out by fictional journalist Carrie Bradshaw in the HBO series Sex and the City. Each week, Dylan Jones, who would never say I love you on a cookie, and myself, Juno Dawson, will ask if Carrie's musings are still relevant for today. Hello, Dylan. Hello, Juno. It's nice to be back. Always nice in this lovely modern ACAST studio. Thank you for having us, ACAST. <laughs> and more importantly, we are here to talk about one of my possibly my favourite episode of Sex and the oh, City okay. in the whole franchise. A bold statement. Which one are we which one are we talking about, Dylan? We're talking about power of the female sex. We are on now season one, episode five. Yeah. Um, if this is if this is the first time you've subscribed to our podcast, welcome. Each week we take a different episode of Sex and the City in chronological order. We attempt to answer Carrie's questions for 2019. And I have a feeling, Dylan, that this is gonna be a big and a complex one. Yes. Because this is one of those, and I'm endlessly fascinated by how in six years no character that I'm aware of used the F word. And by the F word, I mean feminism. Yes. And yet this one, and I'm really aware of this one, and possibly we should do like a trigger warning or something right up front, that this one I think is going to tackle some really meaty feminist issues. So I've written down, my first note that I've written down is one of the very first quotes from the episode, which is Carrie's voiceover saying, the most powerful woman in New York was a restaurant host. <laughs> <laughs> and I forget the exact quote, but she was like, it's not Rosie O'Donnell, it's not this, it's not that. It's the hostess at Balzac. Balzac, <laughs> the hat-wearing, very 90s hostess at Balzac. Loved her look. Very chic. She is, again, this, this episode features many iconic characters that we never saw before or since. <laughs> I'm not sure we ever returned to Balzac. Well, where, where to begin? Dylan, give, give us a potted rundown of what happens in this episode it's a meaty episode a mm. lot happens so the most memorable the most memorable bit probably is Carrie's uh, friend Amelisa Carrie <laughs> darling uh, who debatably according to Miranda's hypothesis 
is a hooker with a passport. <laughs> um, and Carrie kind of gets introduced and quite tempted by this world of women who associate with rich men and it's all a bit strange and she's not sure what's going on but she's also intrigued. Is that accurate? Is that... I think that that is accurate. At the same time, we have subplots involving particularly a good one for Charlotte this week as we, I think, we come to the first use of the C word yes. in Sex and the City, which is Charlotte and her lovely cunt. Yes. Um, so there's there's a post trigger <laughs> warning for the C word, which I'm sure will feature a lot. So the episode is called The Power of Female Sex, and it broadly looks at the different ways in which women can leverage their sexuality to, in some way, get ahead or indeed get head. Yeah. Um, the episode was... Um, Fact Fancy was written by Genji Cohen. Yes. Um, who, of course, yeah. went on to um, work on many, many, uh, I believe she did episodes of Friends, Orange is the New Black, Weeds, L Word, Weeds. Yeah. Um, all kinds of things. So she is a very prolific and, well, wonderful TV writer. Um, so there was, and it was also co-written by Darren Starr, and I think it, it was important that there was a woman writing on this one as it did tackle a thorny one. So so to back up a bit, so we, we first meet Amelita, who is possibly one of my favourites. Yeah. I haven't made a note of the actress's name because I'm terrible, but she is um, the villainess in the film Mannequin. Oh, wow. So she was known to Kim Cattrall. Uh. So she's the bitch who tries to put Kim Cattrall in the <laughs> mannequin grinder at the end of the film Mannequin. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and she is as Carrie describes her Euro trash. Yeah. But she is amazing. I mean, they're like, Carrie, we are like sisters, but we never see each other. And of course, she has a tiny penis. But knows exactly but... how to use it. <laughs> uh, this is what we've said. I've said this already, I think. One of my favourite things about Sex and the City, maybe this doesn't apply to the later series, but the peripheral characters who appear are so memorable. Mm -hmm. Like, she's everyone, surely, like... Any fan of Sex and the City listening now will know exactly who we're talking about, and we're able to, we'll be able to see that like lurid pink dress that she was wearing, and it made me love Carrie actually a lot. It was a rare moment where I actually loved Carrie as a character, where she says the line about Amelita being Euro trash, and she just shrugs and says, "But I thought she was fun." I love yeah, that. Yeah, and it says everything you need to know about yeah. Carrie that she isn't into. Because Carrie's relationship with New York, I'm sure we'll come into later, you know, was she a socialite? Is she a gossip columnist? How well-known is Carrie as, like, a public figure, um, given that later on in the series, like, she opens Wall Street trading and yeah. things like that. But at this point, she kind of exists within New York, but also kind of outside of it. She doesn't care that yeah. Amelita is Euro trash, quote marks. Um yeah, like so she she's fun and and Amelita through through her various male connections has accrued some fabulous wealth and it's through Amelita that Carrie meets Gilles. Yes. Um, the first of Carrie's many Paris connections. I don't know if they were foreshadowing Carrie ending up in Paris or maybe if that kind of everything led to each other. Mm -hmm. Can we talk about... I feel like we need... We've got some... We've, we've got, like, a few different corners that we're going... <laughs> I feel like we need a terrible accent corner. Because <laughs> Carrie what, speaking French... Oh, my God. <laughs> Carrie speaking French is just not not a thing. And postupide. And postupide. That was what it was. I was trying to think of it. But something... One of the, one of the problems I had with this storyline was how attractive the men were. 
Mm. So these kind of allegedly kind of slightly sleazy and actually certainly sleazy because one grabs yeah. Carrie's ass at the restaurant. Yeah. These sleazy men are all very attractive. And I think in reality, because I'm sure this sort of thing goes down in real life. Oh, my God, of course. In fact, I know it does. Um, in reality, these men are never attractive or rarely attractive. I think it was important that Gilles was because I think that's how Carrie, for want of a better phrase, falls for it because mm. she she doesn't sign up for the for the money. She she goes out, Amelita drags her out of bed and she goes down to Balzac and um which sounds a lot like I'm saying Balzac now, but it doesn't <laughs> I didn't in the hear show. It. I yeah. didn't hear it until I maybe said it. something about the British accent. Must be. <laughs> and she goes down to Balzac and um and there she happens to meet this this beautiful French architect who's in New York for the weekend and they do have sex. One of because Carrie doesn't have an awful lot of sex in the show for sure called Sex mm. and the City, but she does sleep with Gilles because, as he points out, he's on Paris time. Yeah. So it's theoretically a third date or whatever. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and he does then leave, what is it, $1,000 on the nightstand? That's a lot. Like, that's quite a lot, I think, as the industry standard goes. <laughs> but it's, like, it's kind of that, that sort of, but, but kind of is it? Because, again, a lot of times I wonder with these men. Yeah. I think they would almost say, well, no, we wouldn't ever pay a sex worker. You know, they, would, they wouldn't necessarily sleep with a sex worker. Right. And yet buying a woman a handbag or taking her to dinner or buying her some Christian Louboutins, that's <clears> not <throat> like having a sex worker or yeah. you know, that's just, again, as Samantha later suggests, sort of the natural flow of sexual power. Yeah. Um, which is, if you know, if you're willing, if you're willing to have sex with a man, then, you know, you know, what he will then do is buy you dinner or take you out to Balzac or take you, where is it they go to Venice or wherever. Yeah. You know, and that's kind of how Amelita works, which is, you know, she is, I guess, more like an escort. But of course, I wonder if in 1999, if the phrase sex work had entered the vocabulary in quite the way it has now. Well, now it's kind of like sugar baby, sugar daddy, that yeah. kind of, we, we use that kind of vocabulary now. I was trying to relate it back to like now. Yeah. And that was the closest thing I could kind of think of. It's interesting because I know some trans women who have been in these kind of quite financially rewarding relationships. Yeah. And I also know some gay men and some young gay men who have much older, much wealthier partners, including yeah. some where the older partner is in their 60s or 70s yeah. and the companion is in his 20s. Yeah. And we're certainly not here to judge that. I think, as, as you said, Miranda does query if Amelita is a hooker with a passport and <laughs> um, work Charlotte, I'm sure would have something to say about that. And she would say the correct term is sex worker with a passport. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's it's a funny one. And, and again, it's sort of... I love, I love, I adore the scene where they sit around and have the room service in the hotel room. Yeah, I've got One, that because I well. grew up thinking that my friends would drop everything yeah. to meet me for breakfast, and which is obviously, I grew up on friends as well. And I, I cannot answer why Samantha and Miranda were not at work on that day. I can't tell <laughs> like, you that. Was it a, I think it was a weekday. As, well, it was a weekend. Oh, was it a weekend? Maybe. Oh, maybe, yeah. Because he said he was there for the weekend. Maybe it was Sunday But I also morning, love yeah. the kind of... I loved that scene as well, just because it was so, like, frivolous and in a way kind of hypocritical that they were, like, slagging carry off for, like, sleeping with this guy while, like, having room service on his... Like, it was camp. I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, and 
as hugely aspirational. Yeah. Um, but the, I mean, there's the scene in, and in that scene and the one before where they're playing poker at Carrie's as well. There is quite ham-fisted discussion of is it okay to trade sex for, I guess, status. Yeah. Um, and Samantha inexplicably is is quite pro this notion that 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 women wield a sexual power um and we can further ourselves in terms of career or in terms of wealth by leveraging our sort of raw sexuality in the way that Amelita does it was one of it was a rare for me that conversation was a rare example of when Samantha's views seem more outdated than, than the rest of them now. Yes. Because Miranda, Charlotte was talking about going to this guy, this artist's house, mm-hmm. um, and Miranda said, oh, if he, t- if he like, assaults you, then get straight on the phone. Which I loved that. Yeah, I loved that. Because it was one of those moments where you realise these women have the skill set among that group, yeah. which has rendered men almost obsolete. Yeah. Like, you know, Charlotte in that scene did not need a knight in shining armour because yeah. she has Miranda. But then what was weird was Sam, like, ridic- like made fun of Charlotte. Mm-hmm. She was like, oh, don't be ridiculous. Like, if he touches you, he touches you. Which is interesting because then was probably seen as a progressive view, but now is, like, the opposite. Because, yeah, I mean, the last, last, last thing I would want to do is slut shame Carrie or Amelita or Charlotte or Samantha or anyone. Um, you know, it's very much, I mean, Amelita is clearly having the time of her <laughs> life, kind of like in this sort of, sort of just fabulous sort of Lindsay Lohan-esque kind of way. It's amazing. And um, maybe like Lindsay Lohan, Amelita's accent was not like that to begin with. <laughs> maybe. Um, it's probably from Queen. Yeah. And I can see that what they were trying to do with Samantha was have like a sexually liberated approach, which yeah. is sex is sex and women are free to enjoy sex. But of course... And this is as old as the hills. And, you know, we could go round the feminist houses about when it comes to sex work, who is exploiting who? Yeah. And are women raking it in on the oldest industry in the world, you know, and making money off men who are stupid enough to pay for a lap dance? And, you know, every man I know who has been to a strip club has come away feeling poorer and sadder about the experience. (laughs) And it's funny, no man will admit to going to a strip club on their own volition. Uh It's always like it was a stag dupe. Sorry, I've just seen a dog at ACAST. (gasps) It's a good one. It's a really good one. Um, yeah, Stag do mate's birthday party. Mate's birthday party, a work thing. So a colleague at QX went to an, a male strip show to mm-hmm. review it because they were like they wanted someone to come along to review. And I won't name it, but he came, he said in he said when he came back that they had a food buffet and one of the dishes in the buffet was just plain pasta, with no olive, just plain cooked pasta, which I found very strange. But that that's what stuck with me for some reason. That is distressing. <laughs> Just boiled pasta. It's so bleak, isn't it? That's not even Atkins approved. <laughs> but yeah, no, and so, so yeah, you, your one argument is that women are exploiting men. And we, we know that in terms of sex work, the consumers <clears throat> tend to be men, whereas the product, the sex being sold, is often by women. Mm. Or does it sort of fulfill a patriarchal notion that women are a commodity that men can buy. Yeah. And that's, you know, those arguments, they have been going for as long as I've been alive and they will continue to go on. And I've heard both sides of the argument and I'm not sure I'm closer to understanding my opinion on it. Yeah, the episode kind of 
flutters around that issue, doesn't it? But doesn't really it does, yeah. go near. It doesn't quite. Doesn't really. It kind of shies away from it. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Um, I'm trying to find, what was the question? It was quite... So, it, well, I mean, this ties into it. It's um, where's the line between, between professional girlfriend and just, just professional? <laughs> so, so, go on. <laughs> so, so, yes, I mean, clearly this is a feminist issue that Carrie's struggling with as well. Um, um, I mean, is there such a job as, as a professional girlfriend or indeed a professional boyfriend? Because like I've said, most of the relationships I know that are like this, where there is some, where it feels like there has almost been a business arrangement, has been on the gay scene with your yeah. sugar daddies and sugar babies. So I was in one of these relationships. What the fuck? Okay, I was well, going to ask <laughs> about our experiences of sex. Like, you go first. Um, for a, for a very short, it wasn't really, it wasn't really proper. It was three or four months, and it was with it was when I was I think nineteen with a gentleman of the age of forty five. Um, very, he was lovely, and we just started dating naturally because I thought he was attractive. And then it kind of turned into something else. He was super rich, and would take me for dinner at these nice restaurants, and not expect me to pay, but would expect something afterwards. And which I didn't mind for a while, but then it just became too. It became very controlling and oppressive, and. It wasn't so much that I minded what came afterwards. It was that I wanted to choose where to go for dinner but couldn't. Well, that's the power and yeah. that's the kind of power yeah. that Samantha seems to not be acknowledging, which is that in in those situations, actually the woman or indeed the sugar baby is often powerless yeah. because you've given over all the control so, yes, I'm sure he did find you powerfully sexually attracted because you are powerfully sexy. <laughs> but actually, who had the power? Yeah. And the money flows downwards with, the, sorry, the power flows downwards with the money. So, actually, mm. I think in that situation, and we know this much better now because I think we, we can recognise privilege and power structures better. So, with Charlotte and the artist, she is a young gallerista 
very much at the whim of a world-famous artist. Mm. Charlotte has no power, however beautiful and sexy she is. That man, that very wealthy artist, could have destroyed her career. And she said when she arrived, this is the highlight of my career. So she kind of unwittingly gave him, and in case he didn't know already, after she said that, he knew how much power he had. I thought it was interesting that his wife was there. Well, that changes... That it, very much changes it. it. Did Although change we it. know that women, of course, can often be complicit. We we know that often Harvey Weinstein would send yeah. female executives to bring girls to his hotel rooms. It makes allegedly. Me, it, allegedly, yeah. God. Um it makes me this might be a bit of a reach, but it makes me wonder if um it's really interesting that Genji Cohen was on this episode. Mm-hmm. I can almost imagine that scene originally not having a wife in it. And yeah. then maybe Genji Cohen saying to Darren Starr, like, actually, maybe this would be good. And having the little old lady say, I bet you have a lovely cunt, dear. <laughs> that's n- that's n- is there are brilliant. so many memorable lines in this episode. <laughs> um, Carrie, who was it? I think it was Miranda called Samantha the Dime Store Camille Pagley, <laughs> which I screamed at. Which is so much. <laughs> sharper than a lot of the later seasons yeah. dialogue was because actually a lot of the audience wouldn't know who Camille Paglia is. Yeah, yeah. So I love the dime store Camille Paglia. And also like a really memorable kind of carry line, a closet full of clothes, nothing to wear. Mm-hmm. Um, that was, yeah. Shall I tell you about the time I was accidentally a sex worker? Yes. Because yes. this is an interesting one as well. And again, it became much more <clears throat> about power than it did about sex or indeed money, which I think is often the way. So I... Um, so this was pre-transition, um, a very long time ago. I would have been in sort of like my early 20s, I guess. So again, very young. The man was quite a lot older. And we met on Gaydar. My gosh, bring out your dad. What was the noise? Something like the that. The message yeah. noise. Um, and, <laughs> um, he was just, yeah, he was an, an older guy in his 40s. Um, he had a nice big house. I went round um, a couple of times, you know, and I just thought, again, it was a something a bit different kind of yeah. I didn't really I knew he had a partner so I didn't see it as as being a potential it was just oh you live in my neighborhood you're really nice kind funny great yeah um and then I think after about the third sort of time we'd met up um he thrust two crisp 50 pound notes in my direction and I was like what on earth is this? And he was like, because, you know, you're so good and you never cause trouble. You what know? does that mean? Well, there's a question. <laughs> and he basically, he wouldn't let me leave the house without it. You know, even though I said you're being ridiculous, you know, I, I didn't come here expecting any money. And, and also £100 is quite a strange amount. Yeah, like quite a pre-thought out. Like you don't just normally have two £50 notes cluttering your flat, do you? Like you got that out of the cash machine. Mm, You must have, yeah. (laughs) And and anyway, I went away. But what was interesting afterwards, that was the last time I saw him. And he did, you know, he messaged and he asked me, he was like, what are you doing tonight or whatever? And I just kind of ghosted him because all of a sudden it wasn't a situation where I would know how to react, kind Mm. of. Um... And it, and it was, it was kind of, you know, it, it did feel like it gave him the control. And again, and that wasn't, so it was, it was all of a sudden, it went from being quite a balanced, consensual arrangement into being one where I was being bought. I wonder, I'm so intrigued by that, because I wonder what was going through his head, because he knew that he, because you had already been around a couple of times. Yeah. So he knew that, like, not to sound crap, he knew that he could, like, have you yeah. anyway. That's interesting. 
It was. So that was that was the story of how I became a one-time accidental mm. sex worker. I was mm. once offered six hundred pounds to have sex behind a dumpster outside Asda. Classy. But um, <laughs> I think that was in the that was the parallel world where I got strangled. So yeah. I didn't do that one. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> but no, I mean, and the thing is, and actually, sort of in the. In it's the early stages of my transition, I was propositioned with money offers constantly. Mm. And, you know, I think it would be remiss of me at this point not to briefly go sit in trans corner and say that, you know, trans women in particular sometimes feel very sort of left in the cold when it comes to employment and the jobs market. And yet there is a very healthy trade for sort of cisgender married men from the home counties who are desperate to come into London and meet up with trans women. And, mm. and again, so that's why I would never, ever criticise kind of sex work because I think, you know, for, for some people, they feel that is the best, fastest way to make money. Yeah. And a lot of students as well. You know, I yeah. had a really interesting chat at student, I hosted Student Pride this year and there was a panel on student sex workers. And of course, you know, I would love to address why it is we have students, you know, who are who are doing sex work, you know, in my mind, higher education should be free. There should be <laughs> loans and grants, sorry, grants rather than loans. And so the fact that we have an enormous number of students um, doing sex work raises enormous questions about how higher education is working in this country. But certainly the girls that I spoke to on that panel were just like, you know, it, this fits in around my studies. Mm. It's a million times more money I could make working also, a shift at Starbucks. Also, the apps made it really easy. Of course. You just put a logo in your app and people know to, like, to message you. But what on Grindr? Yeah. What, what? A diamond. Oh, I thought that was for crystal meth. So did I. I think it might be for both. Oh but my apparently gosh, it's, it's so for, complicated. Apparently it's for escorts as well, or like a bag of money. <laughs> bag of money. That one makes more. Yeah, that one makes more um, sense. Yeah. But yeah, totally agreed. It's it's an interest. I have a, a few friends who are sex workers, and I think it's still massively stigmatized. Of course, yeah. Because uh, people still associate it with you know like dirty, seedy underground stuff. Um, which reminds me, at one point, Carrie said a line that pissed me off which was, she said she'd put her morals first. And I was mm. sort of thinking, is sex work immoral then, Carrie? Or, like, is getting paid for sex immoral? Um, but, you know, it was, as as Sex and the City goes for unpeaciness, it was a fairly minor one. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but still work, Charlotte, I think. I think yeah. Yeah, if work Charlotte was to come in, I think she would definitely have a lot to say about yeah. the attitudes towards sex work. Um, yes, Amelita, Carrie might well find her fun, but... In the end, yes, there is a moral judgment that Amelita is doing the wrong thing and that by not going to Venice with the second of her rich um, gentlemen that Carrie has in some way done the right yeah. thing. And my friend, my friend pointed out possibly one of the least likely moments, even less likely than the dime star Camille Paglia, is Carrie reading Martin Amis in bed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I didn't notice yeah. that. I watched this one with my friend Lewis. Hello, Lewis, if you're listening. And he was, um, he said, he sort of barked, he went, as if Carrie Bradshaw reads Martin Amis in bed. Uh, but do you think she just grabbed a book? But did you also notice, I wonder, <laughs> now... As far as I understood it, Patricia Fields had been doing the costumes on Sex and the City since episode one. Okay. But all of a sudden, did you notice the costumes in this episode definitely went yeah, up a level? I did. The kimono at Charlotte's aunt launch at the end. I did. Was possibly the first bonkers carry outfit that she's worn in Sex and the City. And also the um, 
yeah, like there were a few other signs, like the like we said before, the hostess at Balzac. Like, yes. just looked mad. <laughs> I, know, I did. I, I liked the scene. I did. So I liked did I. the scene with the tampon at the end where somehow Carrie, she, well, I suppose that if we were to really reach and really try to look for some subtext, that actually within sisterhood, there is a power. Um, mm. And, you know, Carrie, Carrie did a kind turn to one woman and so the woman paid her a kind turn back. So we don't need to rely on the favours or generosity of men. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Because women can support each other. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I also really liked, I don't, I'm interested to know what you thought of this. I liked that Charlotte posed for the artist. Absolutely. Um, I feel like she kind of, she did it on her own terms. Mm -hmm. Again, another, she's done this a couple of times now. Because she does it later on with the Drag King exhibit as well, where she yes. becomes yeah, an yeah, yeah, yeah. And she's again like I've said before about how the first few seasons are a lot cooler. Charlotte's so much cooler in these ones, and then we'll discuss in the next one as well, though, as well. But she's really cool in the next one too. And it's kind of a shame that she comes a park becomes a park lane Pollyanna later on. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think later on when she won't let Harry sit on her sofa with his bum <laughs> yeah. out, this is not the same Charlotte who who let an artist sketch her vagina. Yeah. But um, I guess people, you know, people do change, don't they? This they is true, older. and she was younger. Mm. And as well, it's a funny one, isn't it? Because Actually, the artworks at the end are quite beautiful. Yeah. And and there's a moment where she goes, gosh, they're powerful. And it's slightly played for laughs because obviously he's unveiled an enormous lovely cunt. Yeah. Um, but I think actually the the exhibit that Charlotte does land at the end is is quite stunning. And, yeah. and um and I love all the girls <laughs> running around trying to guess which one yeah, Charlotte's lovely nice. cunt is. That's a nice scene. I like that. And so so I mean all in all, despite the sort of the problematic stuff around sex work, this is truly one of my faves. And and all I can imagine is that by this point, by five episodes in, there's so much love between those four characters, yeah. really typified by how much fun they're having at the art lodge. And like like we said before, Miranda offering free legal advice yeah. to Charlotte in the case of sexual harassment. And again, like two or three great scenes where they're all just sat around and the chemistry is amazing, like playing poker, like you said, or the room service scene. Like mm -hmm. at, at this point there they're kind of their strongest that they've ever been, maybe. Yeah. Um, and it's lovely. I think it was for me, because I, I think I said right in episode one of the podcast, to begin with, I wasn't sold on Sex and the City. I thought it was a bit cold, a bit hard-faced, mm, yeah, especially did. compared to Ali McBeal. Yeah. By this episode, I think I was fully on board <clears throat> and really adored them. So, to answer Carrie's so, question. Right, can we answer, so where is the line between professional girlfriend and plain professional? Well, I think we can answer that now because I think we would consider it all to be sex work. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. In 1999, there wasn't a concept of sex work. There was just a concept of prostitution. Yeah. And of course, now we can include sex work to include dominatrixes, um, escorts. Only fans. Only fans, <laughs> exactly. But I, I, but I was going to say, in our personal experience, the line for both of us was the shift in power, wasn't it? When we felt like we couldn't make our own decisions. Thank you once again for joining us on So I Got yes. to Thinking. Um, you have exactly one week to go away and watch Series 1, Episode 6, which yep. is called Secret, Secret Sex. Sex. Oh, and I've discovered that Sex in the City is on Now TV. 
Which... But not for much longer. Oh, really? Isn't um, it? It would tell me it was five days left. Oh, so by, by the time you're listening to this, it might <laughs> it's not, well it's have not gonna gone. It's not going to be on TV. I'm um, sure, you, as we said before, just buy a box set from... From HMV while yeah. it still exists. Yeah, go yeah. for it. Um, oh, we haven't done our People of Colour count for this episode. I think zero even appear. Zero, unless we count Amelita possibly yes. as being Latina. Yes. Uh, Hard to tell. <laughs> um, cool. So, yeah, we'll see you same time, same place next week for some secret sets. Yeah. Ta-ta for now. There you go. Bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.